Welcome to Live Well, Be Well, a podcast where we speak candidly about all things health and well-being. My name is Renee Delacqua, and I'm a health educator in health promotion services here at UC San Diego. On this episode of Live Well, Be Well, we discuss Zoom burnout and ways in which you can overcome it and prevent it. So we hope you get inspired, we hope you feel connected, and we hope you discover new ways to live your best life. Let's get started. A year ago, I never would have imagined that the word Zoom would become part of our daily vocabulary, but here we are. Zoom has had so many benefits in this time of great uncertainty and physical distancing. It has allowed many of us to continue working and learning remotely. It's even provided a platform to stay socially connected and engaged with our friends and loved ones. But just like most things in life, Zoom also has some drawbacks and challenges one of which has impacted our health and well-being, and that is Zoom burnout, often referred to as Zoom fatigue. So when we think of burnout in the traditional sense, the signs and symptoms that come to mind are exhaustion, loss of motivation, feeling uneasy and unwell, feeling overwhelmed and anxious, experience headaches and muscle tension, and the list goes on and on. And these are oftentimes the same signs and symptoms we experience as a result of our increased use of Zoom day in, day out, for hours on end. And you may be asking, why is Zoom affecting us this way? Well, here are some possible explanations. Number one, connecting and communicating with others via camera is not the norm for many of us. We've had to adapt to this new way of communicating, and that, in and of itself, can be really exhausting and taxing on our minds, our hearts, and our brains. Number two, Zoom has pretty much forced us to maintain that constant gaze that we wouldn't really have to experience in a typical classroom or conference room setting. It's lessened opportunities for us to relax our gaze and give our eyes the chance to refocus, to relax. For instance, say we're sitting at the top of a lecture hall, say Peterson Hall, for example. We have the opportunity to look down at our professor, to look around at our classmates, to look at the clock on the wall. In person, there are many ways for our eyes to relax its gaze and to refocus those lenses. Online, on the other hand, via Zoom specifically, we really don't have that opportunity unless we take intentional steps to do so. And I'll talk about that in just a bit. Number three, another thing potentially contributing to Zoom burnout is our hyper-awareness and hyper-vigilance about our appearances and our backgrounds and how others may perceive us and our surroundings. Number four, multitasking. Zoom has kind of opened up Pandora's box when it comes to multitasking. When we're on a Zoom call on our computers, we may be getting pinged from emails and instant messaging, and we're responding to those emails and messages. We may be doing assignments uh, for other classes, and so on and so forth. And so when we're doing all of those other tasks while we're trying to listen and learn and retain information, that can be really taxing on our brains and minds. And lastly, number five, back-to-back Zoom sessions. Having to jump from Zoom to Zoom without taking a moment to breathe, to refocus our minds and our eyes can be really exhausting, as I'm sure you all are well aware. So now that we've given um, some potential explanations for why Zoom burnout may occur, and I'm sure you all can think of many other reasons, let's talk about some strategies that we can implement to overcome and prevent it. Tip number one, Before joining a Zoom call, take a few slow and steady breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. Ground yourself in the present moment and even set a positive intention for the meeting you're about to attend. For example, say something to yourself like, 
I will listen as intently as possible and get as much out of this class as I possibly can. Tip number two, choose speaker view. This will allow you to focus your attention on one person at a time. Tip number three, resist multitasking when possible. I know this can be so challenging, but when we resist multitasking, we're allowing our mind and our attention to focus more lightly on the task at hand, which is listening, learning, and retaining that information. Tip number four, ease your gaze periodically by looking away from your screen and towards something in the distance, such as a picture on the wall or a knickknack on your shelf. Tip number five, Opt for other forms of communication when possible. When you're outside of that Zoom-based class or um, meeting, take phone calls, text messages, or emails just to give your mind and your heart a little break from being on camera. Tip number six, schedule breaks throughout the day, whether that be a 20-minute power nap, taking a 10-minute break for every 45 minutes of work, or practicing a quick three to five minute meditation or breathing exercise. Breaks are really amazing in that it allows us the opportunity to relax, recharge, and refocus. Tip number seven, practice self-kindness and self-compassion by acknowledging that these are really difficult and unusual times. Validate your feelings and extend the same level of love and compassion that you would to a friend or loved one. And lastly, tip number eight, be sure to take time to take care of yourself in a holistic way. Here are just a few examples of how you can practice holistic self-care. For your physical self, nourish your body with foods that it needs and wants. Move your body in ways that feel good to you. For your emotional self-care, practice self-kindness by again validating your feelings and feeding your mind and heart with positivity, love, and compassion. For your social well-being, seek out support ask for help. There is zero shame in that. And lastly, for your intellectual self, stimulate your mind by learning and exploring new things that are separate from school and work, like listening to a new podcast or reading a new book. I am wishing you all the best, Tritons, as you continue to embark on this new virtual journey. And don't forget, we are all in this digital space together. So that concludes this episode of Live Well, Be Well. If you like what you heard and would like to learn more about topics related to health and well-being, there is much more to come. Be sure to check out our website, healthpromotionservices.ucsd.edu, and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook under at UCSDHPS. Stay tuned for our next episode of Live Well, Be Well. Until next time, be kind, be true, be you. And remember, to be well is to live well. Thank you.